grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied unto you from our Lord and from our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text chosen for our meditation was just read from John 11 from our gospel lesson. In the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, your Christian friends, what would you say is the greatest invention in our world today? Now, I'm not sure how I'd vote on that, but I would give at least an honorable mention. It would go to the pause button, the rewind, and the fast forward would be close runners up. These buttons on this remote control is, allow us to hold or to replay a favorite moment in sports or a movie or whatever you're watching on TV. But what if I could use them on the Bible? We do have a moving story before us in the gospel lesson. After all, the story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead, which you just heard read. And you know that basic story. Jesus gets the word that his friend is sick. He waits for a couple of days longer, but then, even though it would put his life into danger, he heads to Bethany. By this time, of course, he arrives that Lazarus has already been into the grave. Mary and Martha's Lazarus sisters both hope that Jesus still could help. And Jesus does, though not without first weeping. He raises Lazarus back to life, leading Caiaphas and the Jewish leaders to begin to plot to kill Jesus. It's a great story, isn't it? What's your favorite part? Pause, rewind. You know, I love the story, the, both wo- the bold words of Jesus, when he said, I am the resurrection and the life. How historic. Jesus has come to save the day, and not even death can stop him. He is God in the flesh after all. And what about Martha's words in reply? Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. Who would have thought that this poor, preoccupied with housework Martha could come with something so profound? She's like Cinderella at the ball. And still, that scene at at the tomb was amazing, wasn't it? They were all worried about that odor, that smell. And then Jesus shouts, Lazarus, come out. And he does. Awesome. You know, the drama was pretty good, too. Pause. Rewind. What about that setup for that whole episode? The calm, the cool, the collected Jesus doesn't panic when he gets the news that Lazarus is sick. He even delays a few more days until Lazarus has died, knowing full well that he was going to bring him back to life when he gets to Bethany. And what about his disciples? Well, they're completely opposite, isn't it? They're all panicky and they're all worried. Jesus tried to clue them in, but they just don't get it. Oh, and, and when Martha first sees Jesus... 
how moving it is. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And then Mary says that very same thing and falls at Jesus' feet weeping. Such agony. But we know right along with Jesus what was about to happen. Wait a minute. Why are there tears on the face of, of Jesus? Let's back that up. Something's wrong here. The hero isn't supposed to be crying. Why is he crying? All along, he was Mr. Calm, cool, and collected the hero with a plan like Clint Eastwood-like, and now in tears. Perhaps they were for Mary and Martha. He's a compassionate person, and you would have made of stone not to be moved by their heartache, right? But still, he knows what was about to happen. All of that sadness is about to be replaced with joy. He is the resurrection, planning all along to give life to one that is now dead, and yet he cries. Something just doesn't add up here. Let's hit that pause button right here. Check out his eyes. Watch him as he looks at Mary and then over the crowd. Wow. It's like he sees them, and yet he sees past them. It's almost as though, well, did Jesus hit the fast forward? Does he see another Mary, his mother, weeping in the company of mourners? Does he hear another accusation? He saved others he cannot save himself. Or does he feel the pain of the rescue that doesn't come? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Does he see another tomb? But this time it's his body that is laid inside? Perhaps. Let us fast forward, too. The tears, though very real, are momentary. They pass, and Jesus calls forth Lazarus in, the, in a resurrection that not only foreshadows his, but ours also. Jesus raises Lazarus knowing full well that it will finally mobilize his enemies to get him killed. That, however, has been his plan all along. A plan that, ironically, is left to Jesus' chief adversary, Caiaphas, to explain, who was the high priest that year. You know nothing at all, he said. Nor do you understand that it is better for you that one man die for the people, not that the whole nation should perish. Jesus has come to die for his people, and by so doing has gathered all the, all the children of God together. It's good to see that Jesus doesn't float through the events of our story unaffected. No cold, calculating deity here unmoved by human suffering. Our sin and our pain wound him, but he bears them freely, not willing for death to have its way. Hold that scene. Christ is the resurrection and the life after all. 
as we rewind from one final look at the plot, we see this with all just foreshadowing, a preview of something bigger yet to come. Let's fast forward it. Resurrection coming to the heels of suffering and death. Death being swallowed up in victory. It's a holy week. A holy week in ministry, in miniature. And it would seem there, there's much more story of this story that's left to tell. Amen.